0: You're listening to Grace for Single Parenting. I'm Jen Smith, and each week we'll discuss a topic that encourages single parents to live their best life in their current season with God's grace and love. Today we're going to talk about how to help your child through their divorce. Questioning if your divorce will affect your children isn't really up for the debate. Ask any expert or any child of divorce, and they're going to tell you that yes, it does. But for many of us, that ship's already sailed. We're already divorced, or we're separated. Or maybe you're well on your way. You strive for a better life opposed to the age old staying married for the kids, which many experts believe is no better than divorce anyway. So, really, we're here with the question how can we create the best environment for our children? and how can we help our child through divorce. As a divorce mom of two myself and a child of divorce, I've experienced and been the recipient of both positive and negative parenting after the divorce. So I've got some tips for you today that we'll talk through about how to help your child through divorce. The first one is to be steady. Your child's world is rocked after your divorce and for the rest of their lives. When you start to feel overwhelmed or sorry for yourself, you'll need to stop and consider from your child's point of view what they're dealing with and what they're going to deal with from now on. It starts out being shuttled from house to house. Then they're going to have to learn to manage their schedule at a much earlier age than other children. They become more responsible by remembering clothing items or favorite items between houses. They adjust to another home. Or possibly accommodate to less or no time to another parent. They learn to adapt to new people in intimate settings like step-parents, step-siblings, maybe new boyfriends and girlfriends down the line. As they get older, they have to manage conflict between two families with holiday gatherings and weddings. They're always aware of what they say about either parent in front of the other. They learn to become hyper-conscious of family dynamics for the rest of their lives. And as you're going through a laundry list of your own emotions, when you're with your children, your number one priority is to appear as emotionally stable as possible. You want to become the rock they can lean on. And there's a few ways to do this. First of all, is no matter what you're going through emotionally, do not lie around and cry in front of your child. Don't make your child parent or comfort you. They have enormous feelings right now and they can't deal with yours. Secondly, your child should not be your sounding board for inappropriate conversations about your intimate feelings about your past relationship. If you find yourself talking to your child as a friend or therapist, just apologize to your child, stop, and find someone who can handle your emotions objectively. Don't say anything negative about their other parent. And your child does not need to know the details of the divorce, the child support payments or lack thereof, Custody hearings. If your child asks you, just state the facts as simply as possible. And for them, the facts, what they need to know is nothing about the divorce. They need to know that you love them and how they are affected, which for them means their schedule. They want to know when they see each parent and which house they'll be at when. That's pretty much all they need to know. And if any of these are too hard for you, then you should reach out to a friend or family member to discuss your situation or consider counseling. Secondly, your child needs a stable environment. Divorce is a huge life event for anyone, and avoiding any other stressful life events for your kids, for over which you have control over, is crucial during this time. Often we hear that children are resilient, and we throw that quote around as an excuse to let go of our guilt of the consequences of our decisions, and I wouldn't say children are resilient so much as they survive just as we all do. They're experiencing the divorce of their parents, and it's as heartbreaking to them as it might be to you. That's enough change for as long as you can contain it. So think about what other changes might be happening in their lives and what you can limit, such as keeping your child in their original home. And that's not always possible, but it's ideal. So regardless if you're the one awarded primary or a resident caregiver, if your child can keep their bedroom and home before the divorce, it'll be one less change for them to adapt to. If both parents move out of the child's home, which is sometimes unavoidable, consider what else can stay the same. The goal is to minimize outside change as much as possible. Think about their school or daycare. Even, this, even if it means additional driving time for you or applying for out of school or out of district admission for a short time, After a few years, after things have calmed down a little bit, then you can consider the move. What about their friends? Minimize the number of friends they'll have to say goodbye to. If you move houses and they have neighborhood friends, work to see how to keep those relationships alive for them. What about their pets? If your child has a beloved pet, it can bring him or her so much comfort during this time. Find ways your child can keep their pet or bring their pet between houses consider if you're moving into an apartment. Can you find an apartment that allows pets so they don't also have to give up their pet? What about extended family? If your child has a grandparent, aunt, or uncle they're especially close to, find ways to let them spend extra time with them during the transition. What about their in-laws? This can be tricky, but regardless of your relationship with your ex or your child's relationship with their other parent, does your child have a good relationship with your in-laws? Is there anything you can do to encourage the bond? If they have a close relationship with their grandparents, for example, and the divorce is going to separate them more frequently, see if you can use your ex-in-laws for babysitting, putting your differences aside. Time's going to help with this if it's difficult at the beginning, but remembering the focus is your children can help as well. Thirdly, give your child room. Your kids will be upset after a divorce and maybe even angry at you. Go ahead and let them feel all the emotions. Let them pull away from you a bit and be mad at you or the world or even God. This time, they need to feel all their big feelings and not have someone tell them that their feelings are too big or aren't correct or they shouldn't be mad at so-and-so. Right now, your childrens need their feelings validated. Consider counseling for your kids. Often the list of when to send your child through therapy includes all the normal reactions children of divorce go through. So, some parents err on the side of caution and send their child to therapy from the beginning. And others choose to wait until they see or hear symptoms or start to see other areas of their lives affected from like their school teacher, coach, or family friend. Next, affirm your children. All children need declarations of their parents' love daily. But a child of divorce especially needs this when their world is splitting in two. The foundation of their world is crumbling. Build up your child's self-esteem and ensure they know that they're loved by you, their other parent, and God. Reinforce these truths for them daily, even if it means you tell them on behalf of the other parent, regardless of their actions or your feelings. Remind your child every day not only that you love them, but you're proud of them, God loves them, They're special and they're a child of God. And if you have more than one child, spend alone time with each one every day. Even spending 10 minutes alone with your child right before bedtime can be enough to make an impact. This acknowledgement will do wonders for your child and creates a peaceful bedtime routine for them. And boundaries. You're going to be exhausted with all the responsibilities of being a single parent and most likely feel sorry for yourself, or even guilty for putting your child in this situation. But this still isn't the time to shower your child with gifts or give in to their every demand. Some children will deal with the stress in unhealthy ways and take advantage of your lower defenses, especially older children. So it's crucial to keep your boundaries healthy now more than ever. Although earlier I talked about allowing your child to express their emotions, you can't let your child call you names or abuse you or any of your established family values. When transitioning from a two-parent to a one-parent home and switching between two houses, there's going to be new routines for your child to learn from, which means growing pains for everybody is going to be involved. Sometimes that can lead to separation anxiety which could be new to you or your child, or maybe you thought you had them resolved and they're gonna resurface. So this isn't necessarily cause for alarm. Your child most likely is uncomfortable with a new home and is just afraid to be separated from you, especially after his parents have been separated. All of these changes can scare young children. However, standing firm and establishing your child's new routine and time spent with both parents from the onset is in everyone's best interest. Of course, this assumes that safe living standards and you're following the court ordered or agreed upon custody schedule. I know I went through this with my child, and she absolutely refused to go to the other parent's house and would cry and scream. I knew, though, that everything was okay. And that there was no harm for her waiting for her on the other side. She was just afraid to leave me. And as hard as it was, I did stand firm and I did not give in to her crying. Because I knew later it would become more difficult if I gave in to her from the beginning. Especially as they get older, their demands are going to become more intelligent reasons for not wanting to spend time at the other parent's house. And I knew it was important for her to build that bond with her dad at a young age and to get comfortable at his new house when she was young. And I also had a lot of problems with her going to school when she was five or six. She did not want to be separated from me and go to school. And just being consistent and firm, as difficult as it was on both of us, is what eventually just... Allowed us to get through that time, and the same can go for illness. And it'll be difficult when your child becomes ill or hurt to send them to their other parent's house, especially if you have always been the primary caregiver. You'll want your child to stay with you when they're sick, regardless of whose house it's. They should be at or whatever. But again, establishing those boundaries early will show your child children that both parents love them and both parents can take care of them otherwise if you insist that for every illness or hurt or every time your child cries or begs that you'll give in to them you're going to show your children that you're the only one who cares for them and make the other parent powerless and that's really not a game you're going to want to get into ideally you're going to want to co-parent better than you ever parented when you were married Because the conflict between parents is what causes the most anxiety within children of divorce. As much as possible, your goal is to help the other parent be a successful parent as well. And that can be very hard for a lot of parents who are divorced because most likely you're not getting along. But remember to do this for your child. You're not doing this for your ex. Taking all of these thoughts into mind, how do you minimize the effects of divorce on your child? And sometimes we just swallow words we want to say. We smile when we want to cry. We cherish the moments with our children when we have them more than we ever did before. And part of that is because we don't have them as much as we did. And although you may feel like that's sad, it'll actually, as you go on, it actually becomes a more precious time together. And you'll also have to trust that it will get easier. And maybe most importantly, don't neglect your own self-care. Truly, in order to care for another human who is hurting and in deep hurt, you must be taking care of yourself. If that means getting professional help, reaching out to your church or to other friends, then you must do it. Your first year or two is gonna be a roller coaster. You'll think you have one thing down, and then it's going to pop up again later. And I just encourage you to stay focused on you and your children, and you can become overcomers. Thanks for listening. And if you could take just five seconds and leave me a review, I'd so appreciate it.